Welcome to another edition of Rob's Rants for this weekly segment, right? So just to give you the lay of the land, there's no prep, no knowing the topic ahead of time, all straight off of Rob's dome. So Rob, topic for today is red light therapy. Is it eyewash or not? That's actually a good question. So obviously like I'm around red light pretty much all day at this particular moment. Full transparency, I do currently work at iCryo and uh, do some uh, wellness kind of stuff like that okay. in the meantime. Um, so you have the little red light units or what do you guys no, have? No, so actually we have a Theralight 360. So it looks exactly like a tanning bed um, and obviously has a lot of different settings involved with it. Now, most red light red lights you find online on Amazon don't even come close to uh, clinical study ranges whether it be nanometers or the hertz obviously the power output behind it not to get it's like super technical but um photobiomodulation which is red light therapy by definition is the use of near infrared light at different wavelengths to influence a physiological response now <clears throat> to answer the question is it eyewash i in the beginning i 100 percent believed it was eyewash <laughs> i thought it was an absolute sham but diving into the clinical studies behind it, I've spent of going down like hyperfixations, like diving down for four or five, seven hours at a time, reading like ridiculous case studies. Um, I found a lot of information kind of explaining the science behind it. So when you use near infrared light for a certain amount of time, since it can obviously penetrate the skin, it's affecting the cells on a cellular level, right? So think of the mitochondria, like. For those of you who don't know, think of it like a nuclear power plant of a cell, right? Mm -hmm. Near infrared light actually stimulates energy within that power plant or mitochondria. So if we so for those of you who know, is if you stimulate more energy in the mitochondria, you produce more ATP, which produces more energy, which has a ton of benefits long term. Yeah. And the biggest so thing, biggest thing if all me, the cells are working better and everything's yeah. working together, then yeah, correct. Yeah, and it's it's very strange that uh, using just an LED light can have this amount of benefits. Sure. No, well, the, the clinical studies, I guess, because it's a little bit more controlled with those type of devices and finding out the hertz and stuff, um, you know, you're going to see a certain amount of results from that. What is your take on the actual quote-unquote red light from either the sunrise or the sunset? Is that similar or different? Then. I would say it, it's different because it's a lot more controlled. So very similar yeah. to how um, you do indoor lighting. You're talking about the sun. Right? Yeah. Um, it's going to be measured in different things. So it's, that's measured in foot candles. As ridiculous as that sounds. Why do I know that? I mean, I helped design <laughs> a facility. But uh, the point is, with red light itself, clinical studies are all based on 600 to 1,000 newton meters. Right. Yeah. Now that's way more specific than it needs to be. But the point is that's where all the clinical studies range. They don't range in the two, three, 400 range because they're not going to penetrate the skin enough. Okay. So with the newton meters, 
the point is, if the layer line is not power enough, powerful enough, it's not going to get subcutaneous or intramuscular at the small ranges. Yeah. So well, and that's what most people use it for correct. is like either testosterone yeah. boosting or for helping facilitate recovery <laughs> from injuries. Yeah. So, so what would you say is the right amount of, of that? Sure. So basically in with the thorough i360 you can kind of customize it however you want to based on different protocols that's pretty cool um but on the pain setting right obviously the highest possible setting is going to be 500 hertz and a thousand newton meters so like the highest possible range now why is the pain setting that high because it's going to go it's subcutaneous and into your skin or into muscles as far as humanly possible so there's obviously soft tissue injuries performance now obviously like stress and mood enhancement on the settings it's like 100 200 newton meters which most red lights you find online are like two to 400 maybe touch five so people aren't getting the actual benefit that you actually need with like these little portable red lights. not the physiological ones right it's correct probably just more of a mood enhancer than yeah like the ones on online you get for like 100 bucks it's more so a mood enhancement and obviously like immunity benefits and sure or if maybe you have too much exposure to blue light or whatever and you're just trying to counteract that probably get some benefits there yeah but like i mean the studies i've read are like super in-depth they just like college football players prior to one rep max testing for deadlifts squats and bench they showed that the group that got exposed to red light had a 30 percent increase in strength and power interesting how long was the ex- exposure uh the question like i didn't read like super in-depth but usually most of the clinical studies are based on like 15 minutes at a time um, yeah multiple times per week um but that was like a their kind of structured it where they exposed them like before the lifts for okay. a certain amount of time so pre-lift correct um and that's where the point the whole point for like athletic performance when it comes to red light is pre because you're stimulating atp so you're like kind of like stockpiling atp mm-hmm. prior to exercise or prior to competition or whatever um but then they also did a study with uh, chinese basketball players who saw like a 30 or 40 percent increase in deep and REM sleep using red light before they go to bed so like the studies are range all over the place but then obviously from an injury prevention or injury rehabilitation standpoint they use red light with college athletes who had Achilles tendon tendonitis, the group that used red light recovered three or four times faster. Now, does that make any sense? I don't know because yeah. uh, I'm a very much a pessimist when it comes to certain modalities, and that is just wild to think about. It is pretty pretty crazy. Now, do you think a lot of that increase is maybe just more from a depletion of athletes being exposed to just sunlight or any red light in general? And then, like, once they're exposed to that, it actually helps them out a little bit more. I mean, I think that's that's entirely possible. Um, I think that the red light has its place now. Oh, yeah. Is it necessarily like a magic bullet? Like, there are people who use red light for like one or two times or three times, and they're like, yeah. I don't see any benefit. It's it's a long game, just like any most modalities like this is you're looking at for long term benefit. But in today's society, even baseball development, it's like everyone's looking for a magic bullet that'll have happen in like a week, maybe two weeks, a month. Yeah. Really, you got to expose yourself to at least three times a week just to even start to spark the benefit. Like the study they did on testosterone took two to four weeks to see a major change in testosterone levels. So it's all about, at the end of the day, it's, it's very subjective, um, but it's all about repetition and how often you do that. Makes sense. Makes sense. 
Well, what other, I guess, interesting facts do you have on red light to let some of the listeners know? Well, I mean, for, for any of you who are like looking into starting red light, right? You need to kind of do your, do your research. Just very similar to how I did is kind of becoming familiar with number one, why you're doing it, what kind of ranges or units you need to find to actually get the benefit and kind of move in that direction. Um, but predominantly the recommended time and frequency for using red light is usually three to five days per week at 10 to 15 or higher. Now the best part about red light, there are no side effects. I mean, it's literally just in your infrared light. Um, you're not going to really change um, any physiological problems or. Yeah, whatever. it's not like a laser. No, light. it's not like a laser where you're just getting absolutely roasted. But it's actually really interesting with the testosterone study is you literally have to expose your nuts to red light to actually see the benefit. <laughs> so I, it's just, uh, and that was the whole premise of the study was like, they just expose their genitals to red light for three times a week at 15 minutes and saw the testosterone yeah. change. Well, that, that's probably one of the most, you know, covered pieces, like, you know, public decency, right? Like you don't want to have your nuts hanging out everywhere, but <laughs> like if, if you're just now starting to expose that to sunlight, yeah, you're probably going to get some benefits from it because you're, you're basically not doing that at all. Correct. I mean, but if you're exposing your ball, your balls to sunlight, like you got a lot of UVA and UVB rays just kind of toasting that thing. Yeah. But like but so red what, light's a little yeah, safer. Red light, red light number one, there's no key. Right. I'm seeing the Theralite 360, it's 360 degree coverage. So you're getting mm-hmm. an entire body. So most infrared songs are very similar in that regard, but they emit certain wavelengths. The whole point is like for those of you who are standing in front of a red light, whether it be a bar or a wall or whatever, you are literally only exposing half your body. Yeah. That's the problem is people think that just exposing half your body is you're going to see the mass amount of change. It's like the near for like just, it doesn't just go through your entire body. It doesn't just like shoot Pierce through your through, body. Yeah. Obviously it's going to go subcutaneous and go into if they're muscular based on the, the watts and the hertz and newton meters. But like, yeah, it doesn't just go through everything. So for a guy who I guess he's using red light for more <laughs> of the injury rehabilitation standpoint on the forearm flexors inside part. Correct. Would it make sense for him to just do the flexors or would he also want to do the extensors? As well? well, obviously there's a push pull relationship between flexors and sensors. Uh, obviously supination pronation, they're both having a job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you want them to work together. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason why you would do both. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's the problem going back to looking at everything in isolation, figuring out, okay, if I'm going to use red light to deal with flexion problems, why don't I look up the chain to figure out what's causing my flexion problems in the first place? And that's one of the biggest problems with the orthopedists and physical therapy world. It's like, let's treat the site of pain or the site of whatever, and not actually figure out where the dysfunction is in the first place. Oh yeah. That's a whole nother robbery. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that road. Um, but I think that the, the red light is definitely not my wash. Um, because for me personally, like I, I do it on a daily basis and uh, my recovery is going up and up and up and I'm super happy with it. But at the end of the day, there is no way to like specifically objectively measure it. That's, sure. that's the tough part with all these modalities, whether it be crowd therapy or red light or whatever else. It's like you can't like necessarily measure the changes unless you're like tracking your HRV on a daily basis or 
Yeah, that might be a small glimpse into it, though, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. That is uh, the red light episode of Rob's Rants. So if you guys want to submit any other future questions or topics, feel free to shoot us an email at inthezonepodcast123 at gmail.com.